So Josh, I purchased some um, black skinny jeans this week. Oh, very nice. Yes. Where did you get know, those from? Just at um, well, Target was the only place that was open. But you know what? They're all right. And I tell you what, you know they get a bad rap, skinny jeans. But these black skinny jeans, they go with anything. And my confidence has improved a good sixty percent because I'm no longer wearing the blue straight leg jeans. So I'm back, you know, with these um, black skinnies, and you know, I'm feeling good. That's good. Would you say that it it alters your personality somewhat? Um. It Feel enables like a more my confident personality man. to shine. You know, I I have the nice. confidence to be the man I want to be. Oh, who's this just walked in? I was just having it's a conversation a... about my trousers, but you've come to listen to some boys talk about books. That's, well, you've come to the right place. That is what they have done. You? They have. This is the Good Book Boys podcast, um, where <laughs> that we was sometimes a introduction. <laughs> where we sometimes talk about pants, um, but most of the time we talk about books. What it's are we? Five percent talking about. Yeah, ninety-five five. Oh, I think that's. Books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are we? What book are we talking about today, Alex? We're discussing Nick Hornby's nineties uh, classic, High Fidelity. One of my recommendations. How did you come about this recommendation? I can't remember if we briefly covered this. At the yeah, end I think we briefly covered it. I, I'm familiar with the name Nick Hornby as a as yep. an English novelist um, writing these sort of. Quite funny, a little bit quirky sort of tales about ordinary people in England. And I saw this and I thought, hey, I've always wanted to read one of his. Let's read. This is probably one of his, his most famous, my understanding. So I thought, let's grab that. Let's give it a read. Yes. So High Fidelity follows a mid-30s, semi-deadbeat uh, man by the name of Robert who runs a record store. Um, and it pretty much just covers his relationships from birth uh, to his romantic relationships, I should say, from birth to uh, being about 35, 36. Yeah. So a fair summation of the. Yeah, I'll, 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 re- I'll run us through the blurb here on my Penguin Classic Edition. Is that what you've got? Uh, no, I actually, I actually went off brand a bit this time um, mm-hmm. and, and picked up the audiobook. Oh, uh, we'll get to the differences shortly. But first, Nick Hornby's High Fidelity is the brilliant story of one man's journey of self-discovery. When Rob, a 35-year-old record shop owner and music obsessive, is dumped by Laura, he indulges in some casual sex, a little light stalking, and some extreme soul-searching in the form of contacting every ex-girlfriend who ever broke his heart. An instant classic, High Fidelity is a hilarious exploration of love, life, music, and the modern male. Do you feel? Do you do you uh, do you agree with that blurb? Well, it, it oversells quite a lot of it. Um, quite a lot of the elements, in the sense that there's some casual sex, but not a lot. There's some light stalking for about one chapter, and this stuff about contacting every ex girlfriend ever broke his heart. I thought that was going to serve as the crux, the um, the the serving as the the structure for our novel it would it yep. would go through him contacting each of his exes you know at the very first chapter he, he gives us a, a brief summation of, of of his past relationships and i thought yeah it was going to be you know each each fifth of the book or so is him you know reconnecting and and, and yeah. learning a bit more about himself that uh, doesn't really happen very much that's only a, a small section most of it is the the soul searching but it's done in sort of a very uh, mundane everyday sort of experience for rob what were your thoughts young josh um look okay i'm gonna start broad and say from a um 
uh, from kind of like a writer's standpoint, uh, storytelling standpoint, Nick Hornby has the chops. It was, you know, the writing. And I mean, I was listening to an audio book, but yep. I think same. Did the I, I, English accent who was reading it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. an, it was an English, um, yeah. English actor who was uh, doing the voice. Mm. Um, yeah. I think Nick Hornby's ability to uh, tell a tale and, and bring you along for a ride is, is pretty solid. Obviously it's in the realm of fairly comprehensive, easy reading. Um, we're not dealing with anything difficult here. So from that perspective, I think Nick Hornby scores four, four to five stars out of five. There's um, a butt coming. There's a massive butt. Uh, <laughs> That's how I like him. Where, oh, yes, you do. Um, where it all falls apart is mm. um, is the, the character and the plot and literally everything else about this book. Wow. Um, I hated this book. <laughs> Wow. Would you say this is the worst book we've read? I think so. Wow. Um, so like, yeah, so so Tell me more. so writing, um author side of things, like technical skills good. Um but the actual I I hated everything about the plot, everything about the character. <laughs> um and my biggest frustration with this book, yep. um which I don't know if it's a fair uh, uh complaint seeing is the, the blurb that you just read out there, I really should have uh, made peace with what I was going into. But right. My, my main issue with this book was just how much it was focused on, like, sex in a childlike 14-year-old mind's um, yeah. way. And, yeah, like, continue, it's just, continue, yep. And, I mean, I guess it was written in the 90s, which yep. maybe was a simpler time, but I just <laughs> felt like everything about this book, I, like disagreed with on a fundamental and moral level like it was so like the character's philosophy you did yeah the character's philosophy the ridiculous focus on on relationships with women but the the focus being on the physical side of things and then any allude to the emotional side of things was also super childish i just i struggled with every chapter of this book Um, i did like i did find it i did find it mildly entertaining yeah and that was assisted by having an audiobook where all Mm. the voices were being done but i just i just struggled so much with yeah i think childish is the biggest yeah i'll i'll I'll, look i'll meet you halfway there yeah, the character Rob. Okay, so so with with these with these books, you know, these self discovery books for um when it's got a female character, I call it the eat, pray, love um yep. formula. Another book I haven't read, but the premise is person uh, gets the heart broken, rediscovers himself, becomes a better person. All right, and I was expecting that for um for this book as well. I was I was not expecting expecting i guess the immaturity is is the correct word for this character now i don't know if i enjoyed it yep more because of that because one thing i hate is when you've got a white male author writing a white male character and you can see he's clearly like presenting the character as an idolized version of himself. Yeah. And, you know, he's sort of writing the way uh, he sort of wishes he was, um, you know, living vicariously through his own character. Yeah. Now I I was pleasantly surprised that Rob is such a a whiny bitch in this book. He's so um, immature. Um, just mopey, sulky, but I sort of enjoyed that. That it, I'd rather I think that kind of character than 
Um, I remember the only the only John Green novel I've ever read. Obviously, John yep. Green's more young adult, but uh, the only one I've ever read is um, Abundance of Catherines, mm-hmm. which is about this you know uh, young, awkward but really intelligent, really sensitive young man. I thought, look, John, stop just writing stories about teenage you like getting with girls you never got with. <laughs> so right, I'm yeah. really glad that the character, in a sense, was so so flawed. Um, yep. because it, you know, it means I wasn't cringing and just thinking of, you know, this is just the author living through the, the, the character, but certainly childish and immature is how I would describe, um, Rob. Yep. I just don't like, I just don't like how a lot of the things in this book were presented in such a way that it's like, this is what the ideal world should end up being. Or like, there was no, there was no thing to say that living life like this, just focusing on trying to get with women and um you know not really thinking it through much at a much higher level than that um there was no nothing in the book where it's like hey maybe living like this isn't a great idea a lot of it was just like so what do you think is is." what do you think is the message of, of this of this book if you had to summarize the message what do you think it is or the lesson to be learned from this just like piss everyone off and be a massive dickhead and in the end, you'll get back with your girlfriend that's just a mere relationship and you'll at least not die alone. <laughs> yeah, look, I wasn't expecting the resolution um, that we got, but you're quite right. Uh, there's there's a few other things that bothered me too, just outside of like the female relationships mm. type thing. But it's, it's to do with like reality. And yeah. a lot of the things just didn't feel based in reality. And, and another big thing that annoyed me about that was like he runs a record shop, right? Yep. And yep. It, he's constantly complaining that it's failing. Mm. And he's got, and like, this is probably coming from me as an accountant, but he's got two employees um, that we know of at least. And at no point in the book does it ever seem like he does any work that someone who runs a record shop would be doing or thinking or being concerned with anything. Like if you are having a failing (laughs) business and you have employees, there's no way that you're not like thinking about how you're... (laughs) Yeah, look, no, like, I, I do have money mean. in the next week. Let there alone. was there was no reason for the as much as I, I did enjoy. Did you enjoy the other two um, employees at the record store? Yeah, I thought that. I thought that that was probably that's a good point. That was probably the best. The best parts of the book were the banter between the three of them. And I imagine that's why they're included because there's if it was an independent record store, it would probably be one guy just running it. And there was never any, any indication that this failing you're quite right, this failing record store needed three employees besides, you know, giving the um the protagonist an opportunity yeah. to And all to all he seemed banter. to do is just rock up like the rest of the the, the other two did. Like yeah. he there was, there's no evidence to support that he did anything else um, yeah. that someone who ran a record shop would do. And yeah, just, just stuff like being able to end up um, having a one night stand with the singer yep. and his ex-girlfriend wanting to have random sex with him in the back of the car at a dad's funeral. Like these are things that are just like, I mean, I mean, I, I, I will, I will push back there and say that like, you know, there is you know, it does talk, you know, a, a fair bit about sex, but I would say it's never presented again as the author sort of fulfilling his, um, you know, fantasies. No, you know, and it's that, never that done. Scene, it's never done crudely, like yeah, or in that way. But like, I, I know what you mean about that 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 back of the car scene. But of course, yeah, and you're quite right. Maybe that's I I, I don't know anyone who would 
act the way his ex-girlfriend acted at that time. Yeah, but just it a doesn't lot of the mean... justifications, I think, is what I have a problem with. Like, not necessarily what happened, but, like, the justifications for them just all felt really weak. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it is... Our, <laughs> our character grows... You know, and one time, but he doesn't grow through any sort of effort of himself. You know, the, as much as I was praising it for not sticking to um, the typical formula, if you want your character to go through a transformation, they suffer something and they they learn a hard lesson and they come out the other end a better person because of it. Yep. But I mean, he's in a better position at the end of the book than he is at the start. But that's only because of of. Um, the character Loy, his his ex girlfriend, he yeah, does sort of nothing to circumstances. His own. Yeah, yeah, he does nothing to improve his own situation, and I mean, look, maybe that's maybe that's realistic. Um, you know, not everyone is going to go through a life changing journey and learn the hard lessons and come out stronger, but yeah. it, it does sort of it, it makes you look sort of second guess the character that everything good that happens to them only happens because of somebody else. Yeah, that's true. Another th- another thing that um, I won't fault the book for it, but I'll say that it, it became a little bit grating um, yep. was the just extreme Britishness of this novel. Like, did you think so? Yeah, just the constant use of British terms like geezer and naff and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, whilst is probably accurate. You see, to, I didn't to a British this. person in the nineties. I think this may have been drilled into you because of the English accent that was being read to you in. Quite I possibly. Didn't really pick up on 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 uh, you know sort of extreme Britishness, if you will. So it's possible that was because of of yeah, getting is, it read to you in an English that is, accent. That is very likely. So it sounds like you're not a fan. <laughs> it's it's because i feel like i need my books to have uh if if not really entertaining they need to have some sort of point to them existing and i just felt like this book was slightly (sighs) entertaining uh but had no real justification for existing (laughs) so either either it makes a point or it's very entertaining and this one does neither for you. Does neither for me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I look, I, again, I, I, I praise the unpretentiousness and the realism. I don't know if you found, I, I, I would say it's very unpretentious um, yep. and sort no, of, um, it, in that it doesn't, it doesn't seek to, you know, pontificate about the world and make these big, grand, you know, statements, the character, you know, he has these soul-searching moments, but even the way he describes them, I really like how, how, um, Hornby made his made this character Rob, you know, when he is reaching these conclusions, whether it's about relationships, or about sex, or about life, or about death, you know, he talks about them in a way that real people do talk about, and sort of the points he was making and the way he was making them, I, I was sort of like, oh yeah, you know, I, I can sort of see it, you know, that way. It wasn't you know, this Shakespearean soliloquy where he he rambles incoherently about all these. No, that's definitely yeah. No, you are. So I think you are right there. I did. I, you know, I really really appreciate that that unpretentiousness of it. Again, I I, I sort of having having heard your summary some 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 having heard your summary um you know i i certainly do maybe see the flaws in the character and his philosophy you know even more but i i think at the end of the day like i would so i keep saying summary i would summarize (laughs) it as like rob as a character is hard to love 
Yeah. But maybe because I see a lot of myself in him, I don't know. He's harder to hate. And I just like how Nick made his character. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I like it, but I admire that he made his character so flawed and in many ways so unlikable. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, one one thing we should talk about before we <laughs> um, close and have yeah. final comments was um, the music side of things in this novel. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Rob runs a record store, so music features pretty heavily. Um, yeah. What... What were your thoughts around that? How did you uh, find reading that through all the references and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, look, fine. You know, um, there are obviously parts in songs that they're referencing that I, I... I don't know what song it is, so I can't understand what they're talking about. Or, I, you know, um, when they're comparing songs that I haven't heard, I, I can't, you know, weigh in on that. And maybe if you if you had a stronger knowledge of, of of music, if you're a music obsessive like Rob is, you could be like, oh, yeah, that's true. Or, you know, you can disagree with them. Um, but I, I don't think it necessarily detracted from it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a book about a music lover, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's a book about music. Um, yep. you know, and I think it worked that the character was a, a record shop owner because they are, you know, um, notoriously very sort of picky and very, um, almost, yeah, obsessive, you know, with, with, with their, with their music and with their interest. But I think it could easily have worked. I'm trying to think of what else it could have been, you know, other people who are, who are sort of, it could be, a, you know, like a guy working at like a video game store, for example, you know, yeah. who, who has really strong opinions about video games. Um, so yeah, I don't think that the music, the, the role of music in the, in the story necessarily took away from my understanding of it. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It's so I, I, I can relate to the broad concept of uh, kind of record collecting and being yep. obsessed obsessed with music. I don't like most pop regardless of what era. So all the references and the semi-pretentious um, yeah, yeah. listing of like, this is the best album in that. Um, and they're always disparaging, you know, the pop, the popular pop music, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just kind of goes over your head a bit, especially because it's based in the 1970s. Um, and they talk a lot about semi underground stuff. So yeah, a lot of the references definitely just like, okay. I don't know who they are. Yeah, I'll I'll, t- I'll take your word on that one. Obviously, as a, a jazz lover, I would have loved for them to care more about jazz and soul and funk than rock and folk pop and stuff. But I wonder that's if just that would a personal have, preference. If that would have changed your perception of the book dramatically, if like Nick, sorry, if not Nick, if Rob was like a jazz fanatic, and therefore you'd like oversee all his flaws because <laughs> with like probably look to be honest, probably. <laughs> Would have been a very different book, I think, from my perspective. If if it had a be had a lot of jazz references and things in it, I would have latched onto that and ignored the rest probably. All right, Alex, what was your final thoughts on Nick Hornby's High Fidelity? You know, I think a book can only be as strong as its main character. You know, I didn't I didn't like um, Arthur less in the in the story less, which is why. I I gave that book such a I gave it a two a two star review. Um, High fidelity, you know I, I I wouldn't want to be mates with him, but I see a lot of myself. Uh, I, I relate a lot to the character of Rob, and I was agonizing over this decision. Five stars out of five, how many do we give it? You know, and I had to settle on three. It is uh, you know I reckon this this would be a three and a half, but you know if it's between three and four, I'm going to get it for the three. I like the writing. Um, I like the unpretentiousness. 
I like the characters. I just didn't like the story and the message yep. of that story. Yep. What do you think, Josh? Look, I think initially I was going to give it a one, um, but after discussing it over with you um, and kind of being reminded of how the uh, thoughts about uh, life and death were played out in this book, as well as the comical banter between the the record store employees, I think mm. that gives it an extra 0.5 to one star. So I'm going to give it a... a, a a two out of five. There was some entertainment there. I think there was too much focus on unimportant things otherwise, and there was no real point at the end of it. But uh, at least I had a bit of a laugh while yeah. uh, while yeah. going through it. So I'm going to give it two out of five. Do you yeah. want to um, do you want to hear what we're going to be reading next? Oh, that would be a, you've decided. Yes, I did decide. Right. It I is a decided. Josh book. Is a Josh book next time? What am I searching up on Book Depository or in my local bookstore? You are going to be looking up Zadie Smith's Swing Time. Now, I am familiar with the name Zadie Smith. Yes, she's quite a, a big, a big name author in the states. Um, yes, uh, the states and UK, I believe. Um, I have not and read why did anything. Why you settle on this book? Uh, it's got a good cover. <laughs> Is that a bad? All right, look, honestly, um, that's no, fine. Look, it's 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 um I've uh I, I listen to quite a few other book related podcasts and Zadie Smith, uh, her name pops up quite a bit. Um, she was a rec. She had you know how they have like on books the little uh, endorsements by other yes yes um, people. Zadie Smith had an endorsement on a book I read recently that I really liked, although I'm struggling to remember which one it was. I've just heard her name around a lot, and and this book um, Steph had read uh, last year and quite enjoyed, um, and it's kind of fits our category. It's not too long. Um, and, yeah, it's just uh, I've been meaning to read Zadie Smith for a while, so I thought okay, why okay. not give it a shot. A quick look on a Wikipedia page reveals she also was involved in a non-fiction book it's called Stop What You're Doing and Read This, which also featured a friend of the show, Mark Haddon, who, of course, wrote The Porpoise, which neither of us enjoyed. <laughs> so well, there's a little uh, connection I hope, I hope... to it. I hope, Zadie's, hope... Uh, Zadie's work is better received than that one was. Yep, definitely. So that's what we'll be reading next time. Fantastic. Uh, now, but what are you reading now? To, yes, so I've backed myself into a little bit of a corner. I um, so we both I can't remember where you're up to, but we both have dabbled in Hilary Mantel's trilogy about Thomas Cromwell. Um, yes, in the third Wolf one, Bring Up the Bodies. Out, yes, so I have my hot little hands on the third one, and I'm about 150 pages in. Um, it's from memory, it's about 900 pages, so it's quite a big book. Um, so I'm doing that. Uh, we also, a mutual friend of ours, has decided to read Infinite Jest um, by David Foster Wallace, which um, I've already read, but um, he <laughs> he's complaining to me about it already. Um, it, it's just, it's a big book, and it's quite intentionally difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to assist and to in a bit of sol- solidarity with him i'm i'm going to read alongside him as well can you give me this oh. man's all woman's initials oh yes did i not uh, did i you said mutual friend yeah, mutual friend right um it's lm yeah and you yeah, yeah yeah and you would be him yeah oh yeah. what's he talking about <laughs> 
that's 100% the um the type of messages yeah. I was getting. She spent six pages talking about a room. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yes, yeah, so we're going to we're going to read that uh together over the coming probably 2 years. It's a, it's a huge book. I have heard it's it's not a, it's not a not an easy read. Uh so yeah, my main focus is the Hillary Mantel. I've got the back burner of um uh, Infinite Jest, and I will also be picking up Swing Time, uh, Zadie Smith, uh, for this podcast. So I've got quite quite a lot on the boil, um, mm-hmm. but but that's good. Good. Uh, what are you What are you reading at the moment? I saw a um, a Tintin review came through recently, and another Fleming was certainly uh, did. Still going week. through through James Bond and through Tintin. I actually made a mistake on last week's podcast. I say weeks podcast. There's an arbitrary amount of time between each release. Um, last podcast, I mentioned that um, it's been haunting me ever since. That uh, Tintin's first adventure was in 1921. It was actually in 1929. I apologise to all the Tintin heads out there and to my um, my my fellow literary enthusiasts. I will we, endeavour we to def- do better. We definitely in... had a, a few cease and desist letters yeah. come through, and so well, I started some... getting death threats. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm glad that we're clearing this up now. Um... So I'm still going through those. I've also, I've, what I've done, Josh, I think you'll yep. appreciate this. And I think the readers will appreciate, the readers, the listeners will appreciate this. I've got some little like sticky notes and I've stuck them on the side of my bookshelf to indicate how many books I've bought but have not read. And I'm hoping Ooh. that will deter me. So every time I read a book, I get to take one off. And I'm hoping that will deter me from buying any more. Um, so wait, so you've got each sticky note represents a book that you've bought but that have you haven't not. read yet. And they're just like on, you know, attached oh, to the shelf. shelf. And there's yep. nothing written on them. No, no, it's just... Okay. Uh, gotcha. Yep. Um, so hopefully how, that's... Do, that's do, I ask, do I ask how many uh, is, is up there? Um, uh, more than 15, less than 30. Yeah, wow. Yeah, quite a few. So, I, so I'm also... I'm, I'm, I'm reading on Instagram, uh, a brief guide to Oz, uh, a summary of the uh, Wizard of Oz franchise books, films, and stage. <laughs> I've never had an interest in uh, Wizard of Oz, but that book was on special uh, at my university bookstore when I saw it in, uh, I think, 2012. It's been on the shelf ever since, so was, I'm going to read there it. Any particular, do you remember any particular thought process to, I as just to thought, why? You know, I, I, I've, I've mentioned this before. I like franchises and seeing how they evolve. So I'm like, hmm, yeah. I would like to know about how many books there are in the series and, and the history of the stage productions. Um, there's quite a lot of, of, of books I've found and uh, most of them, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to read. So, but you yeah. know, Hey, Hey, I'm reading, I, I'm reading this guide. So I don't, while, have to read while, we're, while we're on the concept of your um, love of franchises, yeah. um, dare I ask now you can, you can, you can um, put up a, a wall of non-disclosure yeah. if you want, but dare I ask, uh, is there a possibility of a Gatsy on Tintin or some like in the future? Um, look, if I was at liberty to say, Josh, I would say that I had just uh, finished editing um, a review of a book uh, that will go, that will be presented in both video and audio form. Ooh, um, I'm very excited for that. Once I have decided the best platform on which to release them. If I was at liberty to say, but of course I'm not, so. I'm All right, just well, just... There. Keep posted, everyone. Um, 
uh, Alex will release something in the near future somewhere on any of his platforms. So go and follow all of them. Yes, but mainly stick to La Terra Show on Instagram or Twitter, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E underscore. You're keeping, Just... you're keeping track of that underscore? Yeah, I can, yeah, underscore. And uh, you'll, find, uh, you'll find this handsome boy there. And Josh, where can we find you? Uh, I am at Hot Cup of Jazz. Uh, again, like last podcast, I still haven't uh, posted anything up there this year, um, but I will get back to it at some point. I'm more active on my personal account, which is at mm underscore Bosch, um, which also has quite a bit of Five music bit of content on there. Yeah. as well. Um, so you can you can check us out there. Maybe maybe in the future we might actually have some sort of uh, platform for this podcast, but we'll mm, see. Mm. see what Wouldn't it be great if there was, when I was doing Gatsy on Goosebumps, if there was a jazz based um, Goosebumps story we could have had a crossover on? We could have, but uh, we just had to settle for a um, Ghost Beach based. Which crossover. featured no jazz, from what I can recall. I haven't read it in a while, so we might have another look. Uh, but that's it for, for this episode of The Good Book Boys. Josh, and- would you like to take us out? Yes, as you know, we're just a couple of good boys reviewing good books, mostly. And as we always say, if it's not a good book, don't read it. (laughs) Bye now. Bye.